It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Greetings and welcome to another episode of From John to Justin. If you like, you can support the podcast for as little as $3 a month. Just go to patreon.com slash CanadaEHX. You can also donate to the podcast by going to CanadaEHX.com and clicking donate. On that note, if you want to donate, if you donate $5, you get a thank you at the start of the next episode of Canadian History X, Canada's Great War, and from John to Justin, and on social media. If you donate $10, you get everything from the $5, plus this episode is sponsored by you with your name at the start. It's also stated it's sponsored by you on social media. If you donate $20, you get everything from the $5 and $10, plus a second episode sponsored by you and promotion of something you're working on. And if you donate $50, you get everything from the $5, $10, and $20, plus you get to choose a topic for me to cover on Canadian History X. You can also donate at buymeacupofcoffee slash craigu, and all of these links will be in my show notes. If you like, you can email me at craig at canadaehx.com. You can find me on Twitter. My handle is Craig Baird, C-R-A-I-G-B-A-I-R-D. And I'm on Instagram and TikTok, where I put up daily videos about Canada's history. Just go to Bairdo37. And if you like, you can find weekly videos about Canada's history on my YouTube channel. Just go to youtube.com slash c slash CanadianHistoryX. You can also find transcripts of every episode I've ever done on my website. Just go to CanadaEHX.com. For our next Governor General, we have reached one of the most famous individuals. He isn't famous for any of his duties in Canada when he was Governor General. No, he is famous for the fact that he donated a silver bowl to serve as a trophy for the best amateur hockey team in Canada. Frederick Stanley, the 16th Earl of Derby, was born on January 15, 1841, to Prime Minister Edward Smith Stanley and Emma Caroline. The family was descended from Thomas Stanley, the 1st Earl of Derby, who participated in the Battle of Bosworth Field in 1485. According to legend, he found King Richard III's crown on the battlefield and placed it on the head of his stepson, Henry VII. As a young man, Stanley was educated at Sandhurst. He would receive a commission with the Grenada Guards, eventually rising to the rank of captain before he left to start a career in politics. From 1865 to 1886, Stanley was a member of the British Parliament. During that time, he served as a Civil Lord of the Admiralty, the Financial Secretary of the War Office, the Secretary of the Treasury, the War Secretary, and the Colonial Secretary. During his time in Parliament, there was a debate to call Canadian Confederation the Kingdom of Canada, but Stanley stated this would offend the sensibilities of the United States, so the Dominion of Canada was chosen instead. Stanley may have been the son of a Prime Minister, but overall he lacked his father's oratory skills, and he was never comfortable in the House of Commons. He was skilled in administration and had a head for business, which aided him in his political posts. With his two decades of experience in politics and various international posts, he became a natural choice to serve as the 6th Governor General of Canada. Appointed on May 1, 1888, he would soon arrive in Canada with his wife, Constance Villers. The couple had married in 1864 and would have eight sons and two daughters together. During her time in Canada, his wife, who was described as an able and witty woman by Wilfrid Laurier, founded the Lady Stanley Institute for Trained Nurses. This was the first nursing school in Canada. 
The Halifax Herald reported on Stanley, quote, In the broadest and best sense, Lord Stanley is an imperialist and in much the same sense Canadians as a people are imperialists too. He believes as they believe that Canada and the motherland have many interests in common, end quote. Unfortunately, things did not get off to a good start for Stanley. The people of Quebec City had arranged for a grand reception and a civic address for Stanley, but upon landing at the city on June 10, 1888, he instead chose to go straight to Ottawa. As soon as he arrived, he took his official transportation to the railway depot and on to Ottawa. Stanley would return to Quebec City as well as Montreal later in the week to visit. The Montreal Gazette would write, quote, As Governor-General of Canada, Lord Stanley will, without doubt, prove a worthy successor to the illustrious statesmen who have filled the position in the past, end quote. After he was sworn in on June 11th, he would say in a speech, quote, I trust that be my career long or short, I may feel when my period of office comes to an end that I have endeavored, God willing, to devote to the utmost my abilities to the cause, to the interests, and to the welfare of your great dominion, end quote. As Governor-General, Stanley traveled extensively throughout Canada, which gave him an appreciation for the beauty of the landscape. He would also purchase property, Stanley House, on the Caspedia River. And while Stanley enjoyed the landscape of Canada, he was not happy with Rideau Hall, stating it was, quote, the unsightly and unhealthy patchwork building known as Rideau Hall, end quote. He would praise other aspects of being in Canada, though. Lady Stanley would write to her sister, stating, quote, we are up to now very much pleased with our new homes and all the people both at Ottawa and Quebec are most cordial and charming to us, end quote. During his travels, he would also meet with the indigenous and he would visit British Columbia where he dedicated Stanley Park in Vancouver, which he named after himself and christened with a bottle of wine. The Vancouver Daily World reported of his visit, quote, In bidding welcome to Lord Stanley, we do so the more readily because he for the first time sets foot in a city which tells what Canadian pluck and Canadian enterprise can do, end quote. A cairn made of mineral specimens from all the operating mines in British Columbia would be built, but unfortunately within 50 years, the cairn had disappeared and no one knew where it was. One theory was that it disappeared under moss, another is that people start to take the ore away, piece by piece to sell it, and another is that it wasn't even built. The Vancouver Daily World reported, quote, The cairn to be erected in Stanley Park, the first stone of which was laid by His Excellency, will commemorate the visit of himself and Lady Stanley to Vancouver. It will be built of loose stones, ornamented with minerals collected from the various mines in the province, end quote. The cairn stood 15 feet in diameter and 10 feet high with three tiers, and on the ledges there were flowers and vases of decoration. The Daily World reported, quote, when the cairn is completed, it will prove a very attractive feature in the park as well as a tribute to the memory of our illustrious guests, end quote. As I mentioned, it may not have even been built. After he put the first stone down, the idea of the cairn seems to have faded from history, so either it was stolen, it's covered by moss, or it wasn't built. Either way, it's not there anymore. Traveling west on the Canadian Pacific Railway, Stanley was enthusiastic about the railroad. Lady Stanley would write outside Regina, quote, we are filled with wonder and admiration for the minds that conceived the idea of this wonderful railroad and of the energy and courage of those who carried it out." End quote. During Stanley's travels through Canada, he would praise the provinces and Canadians. He would say in a speech at Government House, quote, In all parts of the Dominion, I have been met by kindness so spontaneous and overpowering that each place I have visited, I would like to make my home. I lost my heart in Quebec. I am thoroughly content to remain in Ottawa once I reach there pronounce Manitoba a splendid place for a man to make his home, and find British Columbia unequaled among them all, end quote. 
For the first three years of his term as Governor General, Stanley formed a close friendship with Sir John A. Macdonald. Unfortunately, on June 6, 1891, Macdonald died while in office as Prime Minister. Stanley thought that Macdonald would have named his own successor, and he refused to name a successor. This indecision caused a political crisis after the death of Macdonald, and it made it worse. Nevertheless, it fell to him to choose Canada's third Prime Minister. The Montreal Gazette reported, quote, it is expected that Lord Stanley will tomorrow morning send for one of the members of the late government for the purpose of advising with him as a selection of a prime minister. End quote. While Macdonald was laying in state in the Senate chamber, Stanley was the first to see his body. The Kingston Daily News reported quote, At 10 o'clock, the Senate doors were thrown open. Lord Stanley, accompanied by his staff, was the first to enter. He paused at the casket to take a farewell look at the old chieftain. He deposited a beautiful wreath on the casket, end quote. The Montreal Gazette added to this, stating, quote, For some minutes, Lord Stanley gazed sorrowfully on the features of the dead, and then with traces of emotion displayed on his features passed on and out of the chamber, end quote. Initially, Stanley thought to appoint Sir John Thompson as the new Prime Minister, but he worried that Thompson would not have the support of the Protestants in Ontario. So, Stanley would ask John Abbott to take over as Prime Minister, but Abbott would resign soon after, after taking office due to health reasons. The government was then turned over to Sir John Thompson to serve as Prime Minister. As a result, Lord Stanley served with three Prime Ministers in his five years. The role of the Governor-General also began to change under Stanley. He began the trend of assuming a non-political role that would evolve over the next century. In 1891, he refused to agree to a motion in the House of Commons that asked him to disallow Quebec's Jesuit Estates Act, which paid $400,000 as compensation for land granted to the Jesuits by the King of France. Opposition for the bill came from other provinces who did not trust the Roman Catholic Church in Quebec. Stanley refused to interfere, stating it would be unconstitutional. This gained him popularity because he did not compromise his position while maintaining his neutrality. But by far, the most famous act of Stanley was the creation of a trophy that has his name, the Stanley Cup. In Canada, Stanley's sons were avid hockey players and played for teams in Ottawa. His son Arthur would be instrumental in forming the Ontario Hockey Association, and his daughter Isabel would participate in the first recorded women's hockey game. This led Lady and Lord Stanley to become intense hockey fans. The sport was just beginning to grow in Canada, and Ottawa, along with Montreal, were the hotbeds for the sport. Stanley had first seen hockey at the 1889 Winter Carnival in Montreal. The Montreal Gazette reported that he, quote, expressed his great delight with the game of hockey and the expertise of the players, end quote. Stanley decided to donate a silver bowl that was initially known as the Dominion Hockey Challenge Cup, which would be awarded to the best amateur hockey club in Canada. On March 18, 1892, Stanley sent the following message to the three-time champion Ottawa Hockey Club, who were celebrating at Russell House Hotel in Ottawa, stating, quote, I have for some time been thinking that it would be a good thing if there were a Challenge Cup which would be held from year to year by the champion hockey team in the Dominion of Canada. There does not appear to be any such outward sign of a championship at present, and considering the general interest which matches now elicit, and the importance of having the game played fairly and under rules generally recognized, I am willing to give a cup which shall be held from year to year by the winning team." The cost of the decorative punch bowl would be $48 or $1,400 today, but many people would say that today it's priceless. He then had the words Dominion Hockey Challenge engraved on the outside rim with 
from Stanley of Preston. On May 1, 1893, the name Stanley Cup was first used in an article by the Ottawa Journal, which stated in bold letters as the headline, The Stanley Cup. It reported, quote, The Governor-General, in accordance with a promise made last year, has given a Hockey Challenge Cup to be held from year to year by the winning team in the Dominion, end quote. The Stanley Cup would eventually be awarded to professional teams, and in 1926, only teams in the NHL could compete for it. And while the original trophy was only 7 inches, it's now 36 inches and weighs 35 pounds, and the trophy has become a treasured national icon of Canada. Now Stanley was supposed to serve until September 1893, but his brother died and Stanley was called on to succeed him as the 16th Earl of Derby. Stanley would leave Canada on July 15, 1893. The Vancouver Weekly News Advertiser reported, quote, Above all, an earnest desire to serve the country and to do all in his power to meet the wishes of the people was so apparent in the demeanor of the Lord Stanley from the day of his arrival here that he gained the goodwill of Canadians of all parties. End quote. In leaving Canada, he would write to Prime Minister John Thompson, stating, quote, I assure you that Lady Stanley and I will always look back upon our five years' stay in Canada as the happiest period of our lives. End quote. Stanley would then become the Lord Mayor of Liverpool and the first Chancellor of the University of Liverpool. He would pass away on June 14, 1908, one year before his trophy was awarded for the first time to professional teams. By the time he died, his trophy was already outstripping him in his fame and was the lasting legacy of his time in Canada. The Montreal Gazette reported, quote, The Earl of Derby, who when he came to Canada as Governor-General was known as Lord Stanley of Preston, was a quiet and safe man who gained and held the public confidence wherever duty called him. He was well-liked when his residence was at Ottawa and continued to be equally fortunate in the important offices to which he was called, end quote. Throughout Canada, Stanley has been honoured extensively. The Stanley Barracks in Toronto are named for him, as is Stanley Peak in British Columbia. Towns in New Brunswick, Ontario, and Nova Scotia are named for him, as are several streets throughout the country. In 1945, Stanley was inducted into the Hockey Hall of Fame in the Honoured Builders category. In October 2017, Lord Stanley's Gift Monument, a statue in Ottawa, was erected to honour the location where he presented the new Challenge Cup to be used for hockey competitions. Well, 125 years after hockey teams started playing for the Stanley Cup, setting up a monument in Ottawa to pay proper tribute takes some doing. A mock-up of Lord Stanley's gift monument was erected on Spark Street. It will be placed on the same spot where the big grizzly bear sat for years at the intersection of Sparks and Elgin. If you look closely from our downtown camera, you can see CTV's Matt Scooby at that spot. And Matt joins us now to see what the crews were up to today, Matt. Well, Patricia, it's one of, if not the greatest trophy in all of sports. Young hockey fans dream both a chance to lift the Stanley Cup. And as you mentioned, after 125 years of handing out Lord Stanley's mug, you're going to be able to walk right through it, kind of. It's one of the greatest trophies in sports. Now Lord Stanley's Cup is coming to the streets of the capital. Crews were busy Tuesday constructing a model of the monument that will honour the 125th anniversary of the Cup. It's the first time artist Linda Covet has produced a life-size mock-up for one of her designs. The idea for me was to make the Cup, but that people could walk inside it and actually be part of the experience of the Stanley Cup. The original design had to be modified because it encroached on fire lanes on Spark Street, and the large Cup, just part of the overall experience. 
There's also a bench in the shape of a puck, and there are little uh, pucks embedded in the ground that are going to have the names of the teams that won the different uh, Stanley Cups. Some passers-by puzzled by the site. I'm not quite sure. <laughs> Doesn't look like anything, really. Others want to see the finished product. I'm excited about it. I obviously love hockey, uh, being from Canada, and I think it'll be a great way for us to celebrate a bit about what, uh, what our country is. The actual monument is being constructed in Montreal. A groundbreaking ceremony is planned for March. Now there is also going to be an interactive component. When you're here in this area at Elgin and Sparks, you're going to be able to go on your phone and find out more about the history of the Stanley Cup, as well as all of the teams that have won it. Now installation of the monument is going to begin in the fall. The official opening will happen in December. The reason we got a chance to sit down with the Prime Minister is because the 125th anniversary uh, of the most iconic trophy in all of sports. Behind those balloons, trust me, you got to take my word on this, in a matter of moments they will unveil the Lord Stanley Memorial Monument at the corner of Elgin and Sparks in downtown Ottawa. Uh, a design crew from Montreal actually won uh, the ability to design uh, that monument that they're going to unveil in a matter of moments. And because of that, we had a chance to go one-on-one -on -one with the Prime Minister, Justin Trudeau. Prime Minister, it's, it's uh, well documented you're an accomplished snowboarder, but what about your roots in hockey? Uh, well, you know what, I, I grew up uh, skating on the canal here as a, as a little kid, uh, playing shitty with my friends, but uh, uh, much, more, uh, much more a skiing family than, uh, than a hockey family. My dad wasn't a big fan of uh, the arenas uh, early in the morning on the weekends. Uh, but my 10-year-old uh, my Zav has, uh, has uh, started playing hockey this year, and he absolutely loves it. So I'm, I'm finding myself out in the arenas from time to time. And this is a special time because here we have, you know, right behind you, the uh, Lord Stanley Memorial Monument. What do you think that will represent to Canadians? The first time I ever got to touch the Stanley Cup, I was like, oh my God, that's the Stanley Cup. It, 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 it has a, a weight of symbolism and a strength of binding our country together in ways that, uh, uh, that very few material symbols do. And, and it's great to have it a part of, uh, part of this city. And something that will be a landmark in this city and when people come, it'll be a destination, I imagine, to come see this memorial. Yeah, I think it's definitely going to be part of what people uh, want to see when they come to Ottawa. You want to see the canal, you want to see Parliament buildings, but you also want to see the Stanley Cup Memorial. I hope you enjoyed that episode of my look at Lord Stanley. If you did, please leave a rating and review. If you like, you can email me at craig at canadaehx.com. You can find me on Twitter. My handle is Craig Baird, C-R-A-I-G-B-A-I-R-D, and I'm on Instagram at Bairdo37. As well, again, if you want to support the podcast, you can for as little as $3 a month. Just go to patreon.com slash CanadaEHX. And you can donate to the podcast by going to CanadaEHX.com and clicking donate. I'd also like to thank all of my wonderful patrons, and I apologize if I get any names incorrect. Michael Matthews, Joanna Parker, Jeff Dahl, Vobs, Robert Page, Richard D., Colin Johnson, Jeff Hershey, Kyle Murray, Steve Pakin, Matthew Gartho, Lionel Romaine, Dr. Bob Turner, an anonymous patron that I truly do appreciate, Randy Hayden, Doug Campbell, Reg W., Deborah Carlson, Francis Helbling, Nick Zinri, Shannon Marshall, Clinton Martinez, Dimitri Chauve, Aaron O'Hara Myers, Robert Dunseith, Todd Casey, Catherine Rawa, Luke S., J.P. Bear, Jason Hall, Phil Maynard, and Iris Gray. 
Information from Canadian Encyclopedia, Governor General of Canada, Biography, Wikipedia, Halifax Herald, Maclean's, Montreal Gazette, Ottawa Daily Citizen, Vancouver Daily World, Kingston Daily News, and the Vancouver Weekly News Advertiser. Thanks, and we'll see you again next time. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance <laughs> recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.